0: Welcome to Building Texas with Justin McKenzie and Summer Bobberak. Sponsored by the Bernie Kendall County Economic Development Corporation and Doss Greenhouse. And now, here's your host, Justin McKenzie. Welcome to Building Texas. My name is Justin McKenzie, and today I'm in Lakey, Texas, located in Rial County. You may recognize this area of Texas as the Frio River Valley, exclusive summer camps, Lost Maple State Natural Area. Or the famous Twisted Sisters, known for their sharp curves and scenic hill country views. Today I'm, I'm joined by Judge Bella Rubio. Uh, we'll be talking about the reality of sparsely populated rural Texas with a median house, household income of about $25,000 a year. It comes with challenges in the county judge seat. So we're gonna talk about school districts, TexDot, collaboration across a region. But Judge (laughs) Bella Rubio, thank you for joining us today and having the conversation.
1: First of all, thank you for having me today. I'm so honored to be a part of this. And so may I just say that along with the Frio River, we have the beautiful Nueces River in our county as well. And it's being discovered more and more. The Frio definitely is top priority because garner state park which is located mm-hmm. in uvalde county also has the frio run through it so they just come up 10 miles north and find the frio here in in real county but Nuasis is just as lovely as the frio
0: i appreciate you calling that out because mm-hmm. the new is undiscovered in a mm-hmm. lot of ways but three five Decades of Texans know Garner State Park and they know the Frio River, but the Nueces is probably more beautiful if I had to guess. It is. And just as clear and mm-hmm. really what makes Rial County in this area of Texas incredibly special.
1: It definitely does. And another plug over to my other incorporated city, of course, it, Lakey's the county seat, but the city of Campwood has a small city park, but it's called Lindbergh Park because Charles Lindbergh crashed there.
0: So I knew this. I knew that in 1924, Charles Lindbergh mm-hmm. landed in Real County mm-hmm. is how it was listed. Yes. But tell me more. What is the history of that?
1: He landed, but I think it was an emergency landing and right there in the middle of the city of Campwood. And so they named it Lindbergh Park. And there's a beautiful set of sculpture writings that talk about Charles Lindbergh landing Crashing, Crashing, per se, right there in the middle of the city of Campwood.
0: What a wonderful piece of Texas Mm -hmm. trivia that we'll keep in our back pocket. What inspired you to serve the citizens of Rial County?
1: I began working for Rial County shortly after I got married, and I married a local boy here from Lakey. I grew up in Rio Frío, seven miles south of Lakey, still in Rial County, and my family moved there, my great-grandparents, in the 1890s. My grandfather was born in the original homestead in 1899, and so I started working for Rial County in 1979. I used to work in the clerk's office, and then... Went to work for a private attorney, and then he became the county attorney. Moved my desk right back into the courthouse, and then I ran for public office in 1996 and just felt the draw. I've always loved serving the public and trying to meet people's needs, and I thrive off of helping people. And so I was successful in that position in getting elected as what they call the combination clerk, because in counties of population under 6,000, the offices of the county clerk and district clerk are combined. So I served in that capacity for 22 years. And then I retired in 2016, December 31st, and was just minding my own business when a couple of former county judges visited with me about Giving some thought about running for county judge is our the current county judge, Judge Merritt, had been offered a very lucrative position in Austin, and he was an attorney judge. He's the first attorney judge for Real County. The position here, because of the population and it being a constitutional county court, does not require you to be an attorney. And I think my first reaction when he first mentioned it to me, along with a a couple of other previous judges, it's never been a a woman before in the whole history, since 1913 of Rial County, and never a minority. And they were just confident and said, we just think it's time, and you have knowledge, and you love the people, and here I am.
0: I couldn't see a more qualified person in the role as a combination clerk and really seeing the business of the county, I, I believe most citizens don't know what the county really does. Everything that a county in Texas controls, operates, mm-hmm. is responsible to, from your position in the clerk role, I would say you're uniquely qualified for <laughs> that. And probably a gift to Real County to avoid the learning curve of someone being elected judge and saying, okay, now where is everything else?
1: Right. I am super blessed that, as you said, I brought the judicial with me from being a court clerk and, and having being the custodian of the judicial records and then being a, as county clerk taking minutes for the commissioners for 22 years and then being involved in the budget process. So my quick learning curve was the roads and road base and calculating. Of course, I have a wonderful road and bridge crew and a wonderful uh, road superintendent, Mr. Glass, is over the top. But also my husband uh, was 40-year with TxDOT. I leaned on him once I got elected as to assist me in calculations and things. And he quickly said, you don't have enough money to pave all your roads, but wishful thinking.
0: As the county judge in Rial County, what are you overseeing between court meetings? So it's probably a two-week court cycle. What do you see happening in between those cycles today?
1: So actually we meet once a month. Okay. We're still able to conduct all the county business. We meet the second Monday of every month unless there's a holiday. Then we go to the Tuesday. And if we have to have a a special meeting uh, that requires – some action prior to our next monthly meeting. We do so. I have a great commissioner's court. I took office January first, two thousand nineteen along with two new colleagues, and uh, their bid for re-election has been successful as well. And so uh, we immediately saw the need, though, to improve our road system uh, and st- still try to be good stewards of the taxpayers' money. And so, We've tripled our road and bridge budget and added some road hands. Welfare and safety, of course, is one of our top priorities. And so I work well with our sheriff and we've increased his budget as well. And so from month to month, because of the the size of our county, our commissioners don't have offices here, although they're very active and proactive in their roles so there's many times I take the brunt of the phone calls when people have concerns over their roads. And if the commissioner is not available that day, I do travel with our road superintendent to go address those issues or meet with the citizens because it's very important that they be heard.
0: Now, many of your roads, when I think of county roads in Rial County, aren't necessarily paved.
1: Very few are paved. And in the northern part, more so up on the new oasis Riverside, Campwood Creek, Pulliam Creek, a lot of them are in the creek beds. And so that can be very challenging. And so we're trying very diligently to find cost-effective ways to make the roads at least operable for our ambulances.
0: Emergency services and emergency service districts are really important in rural Texas. What does that look like for Real County when My understanding is you have a great sheriff, but it sounds like you might be volunteer EMS and volunteer fire. Am I understanding that appropriately?
1: Yes. So we have two uh, EMSs, Frail Canyon EMS and Oasis Canyon EMS, and then Oasis Canyon Volunteer Fire Department, and then Frail Canyon or Lakey Volunteer Fire Department, and our EMS both work under variances. Because we don't have paramedics, we have EMT, which we're grateful for. Recently, on the Frail Canyon side or the Lakey side, recently the voters passed the creation to create a, or passed a a proposition to create an emergency service district here. That went into effect once canvassing in November. We're still learning, looking at timelines and, and passing commissioners, and then of course, It is a property tax, and so that's always difficult with appraisals being skyrocketing in our area. A lot of people are still under sticker shock. However, they did pass that on the Lakey side. We're still working over on the new Oasis Canyon side. We held several public meetings trying to find the best perspective. I was hoping for an entire county ESD, but... They, after listening to a lot of concerns and a lot of inquiries how ESDs worked, all parties, not all parties, but the majority felt like it just needed to be two separate ESDs. So one has passed and the other is still in the stages of just trying to figure out what's best for the new the Canyon area. Because they do service some into Edwards County and some into Uvalde County.
0: I want to restart the conversation around ESD as an emergency service district as a, it's a tax and you have to have voters decide on that in rural Texas. We're seeing really, I think the ripple effect of Texas attracting so many people and so many businesses, so many new people, people are just discovering Garner state park or the new aces river or campwood people that have been here forever. I, I, I just don't believe we all understand how the county works, how things like fire and ambulance get funded. And and then people moving from Houston to the Hill Country, and I I see this in my hometown and home county, they don't understand volunteer fire. They want to understand when's the fire truck going to get here. And you're saying, "How how do we get you there to be on the fire truck? It's a real complex situation that I think is symptomatic of a bigger issue around people understanding your role as the judge, as the lead executive of the county, and how that funds all activities below it.
1: Correct. And in the past few years, I will say this, that our county's been blessed with the people that have moved in from the bigger cities in the Houston area. We've had have a lot that have moved in from the Houston area, but we also have some that have served on uh, ESDs as commissioners or the retired firemen or retired paramedics. And they have really assisted in trying to put the word out that a county cannot our size and our budget size absorb a, a payroll of, or what it takes to really run an efficient, two efficient EMSs with paid staff without having to really burden the taxpayers. And our tax rate, of course, is capped by the letter. They they write about 3.5%. And we do really, it is a challenge when we're trying to uh, work through the budget process and because of appraisals skyrocketing, to try not to just continuously raise the tax rate to a high amount um, and try to work as much as we can. And so it, it does constrict how much we can allocate. We try to give to both EMSs and both fire departments under contract services, but it can be really challenging. And as I said, we recently passed an ESD on the Lakey side, and we're hoping to do that in the real near future for the uh, Campwood side as
0: well. So I I think about the rolling impact of that, and I I look at fire, EMS, those are trades. Those are great jobs that people can get into uh, without necessarily going to a college degree. But the implementation of new taxes, new cost Mm -hmm. is really hard in a rural community where 22% of the poverty line, you're making it unaffordable to live where they were born, where not you, the system is making it unaffordable to really live and capture a growth, more expenses coming in. My question to you is how do you find that balance? Because from an economic development standpoint, you've seen some cottage industries come in around tourism that spikes your population real quick, but there isn't, there's a, a constant population here and what are they doing for work and where do the kids graduating from Lakey ISD, what do they see as the future of work in in Rial County?
1: It's really challenging because we don't have an industry. Mm -hmm. If you're employed in Rial County, you're either employed with either school district, and we do have a charter school district that does employ Big Springs Charter School. It's about located nine miles north of Lakey. It's actually the Ed Brune Charter School located on the Big Springs Ranch. They have brought several employment, but they also bring in teachers like from Uvalde or Kerrville as well. And the HEB Foundation, we're very blessed that the HEB Foundation has a camp, and they do employ quite a few employees from Lakey. But outside of the school districts and TxDOT and HEB Foundation, there's not much. There, there's the courthouse. And then we do have Stripes and Family Dollar on Family Dollar in Lakey and in Campwood. And we do have two clinics. For someone graduating from Lakey ISD or New Canyon Consolidated Independent School District, if you're calling as nursing, you could possibly come back and work in one of the clinics. Or if you're going to get educated as a school teacher, we do pay on the bottom end because we are small school districts, but really that's just about it. We just don't have, there are, there's an electrical company here, Bandera Electric, and if you're a lineman, which we do partner very well with a community college in Uvalde, and they're in, in both school districts, and so if Dr. Gonzalez sees a sees a heavy need, he does try to write that or incorporate that into his curriculum. I know he's incorporated um, alignment classes. He also CDL. Okay. I know both school districts suffer from lack of bus drivers. I know for Real County for Road Hands, when we'd advertise, we used to require a CDL. Very few people have that. The last legislature or two years ago has added a lot more stipulations for a CDL driver. So we hire and we pay for CDL courses in hopes they stay with us.
0: Incentivize <laughs> them to stay. I think
1: what's helped our Lakey School District, not so much New Oasis Canyon, is we have a group of benefactors that give probably $200,000 worth of scholarships or $300,000 worth of scholarships. And at first, years ago, back, say, when they first started this foundation, say 15 years ago, it was only, they would only give it for, of course, public universities. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then now, throughout the years, say in the last seven years, they've seen the benefactors of the, of the scholarships have seen, you know what, this young man wants to be a certified welder, yeah. or this young man wants to be a certified electrician or a certified plumber. We'll offer you a scholarship right down there at the Southwest Texas College and pay for that.
0: And Southwest Texas Junior College is a, a wonderful mm-hmm. resource for this region. My dad went there in the 80s when really? we were in Del Rio, and mm-hmm. he was working mm-hmm. across the border. Mm-hmm. He was going to night school in Uvalde, and that's that's a hike from Del Rio to Uvalde. It because, is, it Ooh. is. But that you you have to have the certifications, you have to have the continued growth in your career. Every county is going to be a little bit different. Mm-hmm. In Kendall County, my goal is for people to come back and live on the land that they have, mm-hmm. versus selling it to real estate development. Mm-hmm. Here, you have a lot of big developments happening out here that a lot of people wouldn't recognize or see. But through my past life, I I knew there, I know they're coming. Because you got fiber here, mm-hmm. because you have more infrastructure, city water, et cetera. Now houses are coming, but that doesn't bring services. No education. No, that's right. And, and they're typically retirees coming in for second homes, things like that. It's a whole set of challenges because that the underpinning value creation of county government is paying for services and being stewards to the the bill paying of the county, and then the safety and. Mm-hmm needs of the county and we're just introducing new layers and levels of all of that cost Hmm. and then the services needed I I think out here. Sheriff and I were talking about this the reality of drug addiction Mm -hmm. and mental health from the lack of purpose from the lack of seeing a future where they can
1: prosper. Right so of course unfortunately because of the tragedy of Robb Elementary Mm -hmm. So funding has already been secured for a mental health facility in Uvalde, Mm -hmm. and they've already got the location. I think it's going to bring 150 jobs. I can't remember how many beds, but they're going to be full. It's not going to take long to fill that mental health
0: facility. But how disheartening is it that it took that tragedy for us to address Mm
1: -hmm. the mental health issue, a known mental Mm -hmm. health issue Mm -hmm.
0: in this area of Mm -hmm. Texas? It's hard to live in this area, Texas, mm-hmm. for so many reasons. Water, mm-hmm. the desert, mm-hmm. everything around you. So it's it's a fun place to visit, but I would encourage people to look around a little bit harder, look at it a little bit differently when you're here, and how do you make an impact? How do you leave it better than you found it?
1: Right, and one of the things that's going to happen without in the next 10 years is we still have a lot of big ranches in northern Real County that are intact, but a lot of their children aren't interested in interested in coming back and being ranchers and so those are going to get subdivided
0: that's why we have to be pouring into rural schools yes. and give those people opportunities to stay in their community mm-hmm. yeah. it's just a, a growing problem as texas continues to attract so many people where do we see pro- prosperity doing really well and, and helping lift people and, and then there's rural regions where industry can come in i I think remote work is a good example there's Mm -hmm. a lot of remote work that happens here now because of the fiber network that you have and the access to the internet but i also think those are people living in a second home Mm -hmm. coming in from houston doing some vacation work and it's not necessarily the career an 18 year old could say this is what i want to step into and stay in my hometown and stay in a place where i can be the future county judge of real county Mm -hmm. And, and I spend a lot of time thinking about that, as does, I think, the Hill Country Alliance and other groups, community members like yourself of our larger area that are bringing together resources. Can you help our listeners understand the Hill Country Alliance, your role at the Hill Country Alliance, and how is that impacting Rale County today?
1: My first role with the Hill Country Alliance is they asked me to be a part of their first year leadership cohort where they went out and gathered some elected officials and some appointed officials, a combination of city, county, water districts, and and we met and had speakers. And for me, it was so educational to understand, um, I think, the constraints that growth brings on our water.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And it's common sense to know when there's more straws going in the ground, you do have to drill wells deeper, but then how long can we keep tapping into the Trinity? Because droughts, we're, we're definitely still in a drought, but droughts have come and gone since the 1900s. It's the growth and trying to be very conscientious on subdivision rules and regulations, which through the Texas Hill Country Alliance, I've gathered a lot of information and just data and statistics that go with water usage and, and then the effectiveness of green spaces in subdivisions that are going to have their own water well resources and things like that. And now I serve on the main board of the Hill Country Alliance. And so it's just been such a great wealth of knowledge for me and resources that I can tap into as the county judge and part of our commissioner's court just to help us grow in a healthy way because growth is inevitable. And whether it's a population burst growth where everybody's moving for Rial County, our population, I would say, is not growing that much, but our sales growth is unbelievably grown.
0: And, and that is growing in the form of tourism, mm-hmm. vacation rental homes, people coming into town for tourist activities. Yes. And, and that puts a strain on resources. When I think about deputies going covering a 700-square-mile mm-hmm. area... E- a lot of your tourism focuses on a very small portion of that 700 square miles, but they yes. have to serve everyone.
1: No, you're correct. So we have about 100,000 people that come in and out of Rial County in the summer months, and I promise you none of them have ever think twice about, uh-oh, there's not going to be an ambulance service for me, or someone maybe verbally assaulted someone and think it might take a deputy Way longer to get here because he's on another call. And we have tried diligently to assist our sheriff. We recently added two deputies, but that's not enough when you have 100,000 people in influx in a three-month period of time. And he has a couple of contract deputies. but And then now we're challenged with human smuggling yeah. that happens on a daily basis, if we had a bigger force, we would probably be having a bigger influx of arrests. And it's we're living in very challenging times because even though we have all kinds of growth, crime doesn't stop. And so growth is good. Uh, however, I don't want to say it brings more crime because we've had definitely positive growth here. Right. We We've been blessed to have a lot of... Wonderful people come and move into Rial County, but your crime is still here. And the crime that was being seen in the bigger cities is now infiltrating into the rural communities you, as well.
0: You just see the complexity of people. Mm-hmm. More people brings more complexity. Yes. And servants like yourself have to work that much harder to stay ahead of it, solve it, think about it. Yes. You have a big eclipse coming up in April out here. Yes, we do. How are you preparing for that?
1: I've actually been attending meetings for about two years now. The Hill Country Alliance, Dawn Davies, does an excellent job of getting resources out to us. We have Zoom meetings with her, and the Hill Country Alliance also incorporates her into some of our meetings. And so we're just trying to prepare to keep everyone safe. We did have our emergency management coordinator, who's volunteer,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Mr. Frank Freeman. He comes to us from the Rosenberg area, and I think he was a former ESD commissioner and and everything. And we're having a meeting again this week. He tries to have quarterly meetings, and then he'll go to monthly after the first of the year. And he's really brought in some great speakers that are helping us really understand that Look, they're coming. I think a lot of us for a while were like, Eclipse, is it really going to bring that many people in? But I think worldwide, yes.
0: I think we saw it in October with the dry Uh run. We Mm -hmm. saw, I think I heard 20,000 people in Junction Mm -hmm. for the Saturday morning eclipse. And then on April 8th, we're just, it's going to be that much bigger and more majestic. And yes. what it looks like, and I think it's going to attract so many people. So I applaud you for being ahead of it. Yes,
1: and when TxDOT has been an active part, our local TxDOT along with, they're a subsection here at the Junction and San Angelo District. But I have a great partnership with TxDOT, and I attribute that, of course, to my husband's 40-year career. <laughs> I have a pretty good partnership with TxDOT. We have a great partnership with DPS. And so I think we're just going to be as prepared as we can be and hope that we can get everyone here in and out in a safe manner.
0: Judge Rubio, thank you for spending time with us today. And thank you for the way that you're building Texas on the frontier that you have the opportunity to build on.
1: Thank you for having me. It's been a great opportunity. Thanks.
0: This is Justin McKenzie from Building Texas. Today's segment is brought to you by Dusk Greenhouse. Das Greenhouse is a business incubator launched here in Bernie to serve our local community. Das Greenhouse is a place where you can come to grow your idea. Our goal is to make Bernie accessible to people who are looking to grow a business, expand a business, or learn more about what's out there in their community and get involved. Visit us at dasgreenhouse.org or come visit us at 7 Upper Balconies Road, Bernie, Texas. Das greenhouse. Bernie Radio 103.9 FM. Now let's head over to the Patrick
1: Heath Public Library with Miss Constance for children's story time. As the Patrick Heath Library is open today from 10 to 4, this is Bernie Radio